up close and personal. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, the songwriting credentials on this dude are quite impressive. Jim Peterick wrote, Eye of the Tiger, I Can't Hold Back, High on You, and The Search is Over for his band in the 80s, Survivor. He's also written songs for the Beach Boys, 38 Special, and many others. And he's on the Mulberry Lane Show today. We're in the middle of our chat with Jim, talking about his rock and roll memoir, Through the Eye of the Tiger, The Rock and Roll Life of Survivor's Founding Member. Back to Jim. There were a couple things in the book that I just want to talk about that I found were were pretty interesting. In the recording of the Ides of March song, Vehicle, you recorded the guitar solo, and then you had to eventually go back and learn what you did when you recorded it. So, so you were in that zone. I was in that zone. My fingers had a mind of their own. I didn't even know those licks, okay? And, you know, I thought the solo was a piece of garbage, and I tried to redo it a week later, and Frankie, and not Frankie Sullivan, but Frank Rand, our okay. producer, goes, let's unbury that solo you think is a piece of junk. I said, it couldn't be any good. I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't even hear myself. <laughs> and he puts it up, and there's that magic solo that wow. I could not even, then I had to learn it. Uh-huh. And to toot my own horn, I got to tell you, when I ran into Jeff Beck, he says, Mike, that was one of my favorite solos. Wow. That's and cool. he's my hero. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Now, that zone, can you go there on command? Or is it just something that magically happens periodically? Um, you know, that's a really good question. I don't try to push it because you won't get there. You just live your life and it happens and okay. you can't predict it. You okay. know, if I sit down at the piano and try to bang it out, it's usually a piece of junk. Okay. You know, my best moments are driving in the car or something. All of a sudden from nowhere, but we know where it's from. Yeah. I'll hear a snippet of melody that didn't exist before. And I'll go, holy crap, what's that? You know? And that's when the inspiration hits, and that's when the perspiration hits, and you have to just work it okay. till that melody means something. So now do those go on your iPhone now? Exactly. <laughs> I, I have so many seedlings, it's not even uh, funny. What comes easier for you, the inspiration or the perspiration? Well, the inspiration's the fun part. Uh-huh. Perspiration is frustrating and ugh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of people with a lot of inspiration, but I think the combination of the inspiration and the perspiration is kind of that million-dollar combination. It, it really is, and it takes a lot of work to work that, that basic seed into something good. But it's also like a little puzzle in the rhyme schemes, and the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of mechanics involved in writing a great song. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in the book, you knew your songs or the songs you were working on really had potential to be hits. Now, have you always had that kind of magic ear, or was that something you learned after you had your first hit, then you could recognize it? Well, great question. I mean, when I first started having hits, I didn't know why they were hits, so okay. therefore I couldn't repeat it. You know, it's like vehicle. It was. It just was magic. It just happened. And, and then I go, I don't know how that happened. And so I tried to clone it with our follow-up called Superman, and it was nowhere near the song because I didn't know what made Vehicle Tick. It, okay. it took many years to know what elements made those songs magic. Okay, so what elements would you say they are? A lot of luck. A lot of <laughs> random, <laughs> random luck. You can't clone it. You know, you really can't. But, you know, with that song, every note was a hook. 
You have the ba da ba ba da. You have the yep. iconic first line. I'm the friendless stranger in the black sedan. I want you to hop inside my car. Uh-huh. A little creepy, but boy, it got people's <laughs> attention. And then you got the chorus immediate. I'm your vehicle, baby. Come on. Yeah. And then you get the riff again, and it's all riff, hook, riff, hook, you know? Uh-huh. Talking riffs and hooks with a guy who knows a thing or two about songwriting, Jim Peterick on the Mulberry Lane Show. The other thing that struck me in the book was when you guys went to L.A. for the first time. Now, you were a big deal in your hometown. You know, people knew who you were. They knew your music. And then you get to L.A. and you realize, you know, it's a bigger world. And I think that happens to a lot of bands, you know, and then you get there and you realize it's a business. Oh, my God. L.A. was sobering. It was like, oh, my God, we're not in Chicago anymore. We're not in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, And, you know, you, you feel like a small fish in a really big pond. In Chicago, I always had the illusion of being, you know, a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. I like that mindset. It might be why I always stayed in Chicago. <laughs> I have the illusion of um, of that. Uh-huh. And now, can you just talk about the phone message that led to Eye of the oh, Tiger? Oh, my God. The, the phone call that changed my life. I get home from uh, doing some shopping, and I press the answering machine, and I hear this. Hey, yo, Jim, Sylvester Stallone, it's a nice answering machine you got there. Give me a call. And I'm going, <laughs> I go, yeah, right. Who's punking me here? And I started calling my friend. Because Sal, my road manager, did a pretty good imitation. He said, it wasn't me. I, so I played for Karen, and she says, you better call this dude back, you know. So he answers the phone, yo, you know, always in character, right? And he says, you know, uh, I like your band. Tony Scotty uh, played me a poor man's son. I really like your sound. Something like Street. You know, I need something street for my new movie, Rocky Three. I don't want to use Gonna Fly now. That's, you know, old school. Can you help me out? And I'll, all I could say is, is, oh, the Pope yeah. Catholic, <laughs> is the Pope Catholic? Come on. <laughs> you know. And he sent us the movie, uh, The Rough Cut, and I had my Les Paul around my neck, and it just started going, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. And I see the punches thrown, and I went, bap, 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 bap. Wow. And, and I look at Frankie, I go, I think we got something here. Yep, and the rest is history. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been a very enjoyable chat. What's next for you? You know, uh, tonight, unfortunately, uh, it's a memorial service for Jimmy Jameson, uh, who passed away on on September 2nd, and uh, we're singing for his memorial. Okay. And uh, it is very, very tragic. And then we're celebrating uh, 50 years with the Ides of March at the College of DuPage on Saturday. Always the triumph with the heartache, isn't it? Always. You know, it seems to go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, you are rock and roll personified, and we thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you, Mulberry Lane. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, too. That's Jim Peterick, singer-songwriter, guitarist. Pick up through the eye of the tiger, the rock and roll life of Survivor's founding member, out now. And coming up, premier banjo player in the world, Bela Fleck, here today on the Mulberry Lane Show. There you stood, battle teacher.